Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast on Arsblog.com in association as always with OleOle.com, the football community website, and we'll be giving you details of OleOle.com's fantasy football game and how you can join the Arsblog.com fantasy football league on OleOle.com a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Coming up between now and the end, we have got the man in the bar who's got a player history, as well as that, uh, Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com. We'll be here talking goalkeepers and looking ahead to the Manchester City game uh, tomorrow. Uh, Manchester City league leaders, hard to believe, isn't it? Um, the beer of the week this week is um, Fuller's London Pride, and jolly nice it is too. And I must say, at this point, that if anybody out there would like their beer to be beer of the week, uh, I'm quite happy to accept what's it what do they call it contra deals in advertising isn't that what it is you know you give me some beer uh and i you know say that your beer is beer of the week sounds fantastic it's a great deal for for everybody it's, it's bribe bribing basically so if you want to bribe me to make your beer beer of the week uh, just email uh, arscast at arsblog.com now um let's go to blackburn if we will um i know some of you went there on Sunday and, and probably have no great desire to go back there anytime soon because um, from what I can gather uh, from the television, um, listening to Blackburn fans, it's sort of like retardo town. Maybe I'm being a little harsh, but I don't think so. Every time uh, an Arsenal player got kicked, it was that whole same old Arsenal always cheating thing. And I love that 1-0 to the referee chant they went on with. Uh, hang on, it was 1-0 to to Arsenal. Talk to Brad Friedel if you've got a problem. Um, We were 1-0 up, uh, and Blackburn back in the game in the second half, but I mean, really, they didn't look tremendously like scoring at any point, until, of course, that fateful moment when Jens Lehmann decided his hands were made of wet grass, and let the ball go through them um, from David Dunn, with his enormous head. I know I've said it on the blog, but I mean, I can't get over how big and square his head is. You know, it's like someone has sort of put a nozzle into the back of it, one of the, you know, the football pumps, the really thin ones, and just sort of put it into the back of his neck and and then kind of forgotten to let the air out of his head. So anyway, that was it. 1-1. Um, they ended up with 10 men, and Arsene wasn't at all happy with their um, approach to the game, which they say, you know, is just, it's physical. And we've been down this road before, where teams with, you know, players that aren't necessarily um, as good as other teams, um, you know, play a physical game. And that's fair enough. That's all sort of part of football. But Blackburn are, you know, in the image of their manager. And let's remember Mark Hughes when he was a player. Are you remembering? Yes, that's right. He was a cunt. And he's a cunt as a manager as well. Um, 
they ended up with 10 men. How It could have been more, in fairness. Robbie Savage, what does that guy have to do to get sent off? But I did like, I have to say, Matthew Flamini, who picked up a, a yellow card for fouling Robbie Savage in the face with his arse. Going up for a header, arse first, into the face. Beautiful. I can only hope that he, you know, squeezed one out there while he was, you know, while the, the, the starfish and, and nose were, you know, in alignment there. We can only hope that that's what happened. And uh, a yellow card uh, that you could treasure for the rest of your career, you'd have to say. Uh, so we went away from Blackburn feeling that it was two points dropped, which it was, I suppose. Uh, but, you know, on the uh, on the face of things on paper, uh, a 1-1 draw uh, with Blackburn isn't bad in the grand scheme of things, especially when you consider what's going on around us. Um, Liverpool and Chelsea drew. Manchester United lost the City Derby, uh, the Manchester Derby, rather, to uh, to Manchester City. And uh, it's good that um, at this moment in time, nobody's going hell for leather, apart from Manchester City, of course, who we face tomorrow. And we'll take a look ahead to that a little bit later on in the program. Um, we'll come back. Back to uh, Jens and his mistakes and, and the situation regarding him um, a little bit later on. But with me now to talk about uh, goalkeepers in general, bearing in mind this was recorded uh, a little bit uh, before uh, we got the news about Jens Lehmann's um, injury um, yesterday, is uh, Gilberto Silver from Gunner Blog. And uh, here we are talking about uh, goalkeepers in general, our goalkeepers, uh, and looking ahead briefly to the Manchester City game. Joining me now on the Arscast is Gilberto Silver from Gunnerblog.com. Hello to you. Hello to you. We'll start, if we will, looking at the keeper situation, because it's all a bit, you know, weird at the moment. Mm -hmm. Our our good friend Miles this morning has written an article saying, uh, yesterday morning, in fact, uh, Lehman or Fabianski or Almunia will face Manchester City, which is stunning in its um, accuracy. He's probably got that from one of his sources. Yes, he can't name them. But um, Jens, when he played for, you saw the England-Germany game, wasn't convincing in that either, I believe. No, not for me. I mean, a lot of people felt he should have done better with the goal when in at his near post. Uh, but it was a decent strike from Lampard. His positioning was a bit off, but he can't play too much. But it wasn't so much that. He just looked very erratic. And made a couple of big errors. One where he, the ball was there to be claimed and he made a crazy decision to punch it whilst lying on the ground and Michael Owen somehow missed the open goal and then another one he charged out at Kieran Dyer but sort of almost got out the way of the ball. It was it was bizarre and it was a bit like watching a goalkeeper playing with a, a real lack of confidence and ahead of, you know, the resumption of the premiership. That is a slight worry. Okay. Well I mean one thing you would never really accuse Jens of um is a lack of confidence and we saw this week that he's not particularly uh, bothered by uh, by the mistakes and we can take that two ways one is that you know he's a confident guy and he knows these are you know big errors that don't happen all the time or there's a lack of awareness of of the the mistakes that he's making if you were the manager and you had to pick the team for Manchester City who would you be picking in goal uh i would be picking manuel munia because i think at this stage it's it's yeah okay if you if you take Lehman outside you're making a big statement and uh, but why not you know I think it's not you know it has to there has to be some sort of meritocracy and if you make mistakes that has to be rewarded with you being dropped we've seen the same thing in the past with uh, someone like Philip Senderos who made a couple of errors and then found himself out the side for a little while um, of course with Lehman we've seen it before and we know 
with Lehman in the past that it's proved successful in that it's caused him to up his game and return as a better goalkeeper. And there's no reason to suspect that that wouldn't happen again. And playing Almunia, I say Almunia because I can't see Wenger throwing Fabianski in, and frankly, I don't know enough about Fabianski to say he should start. But playing Almunia, I don't think will prove a significant enough handicap. In fact, I can't see Almunia personally making these kind of errors, um, despite the criticism that some have of him. Do you think, I mean, that's one I was, I was going to talk to you about next, is that the criticism of Almunia, do you think it's a little bit unfair? Because certainly he did have uh, problems when he first arrived at the club, and it was a big step up to go from teams like Albacete and whoever the hell else he was playing for uh, mm. to Arsenal. And he was put in in some uh, games where, where the pressure was very high, I'm thinking particularly of that Manchester United game. But since then, to my mind, he's been a fairly solid performer. He's a good shot stopper. Um, and I, I personally wouldn't have any uh, any great fears of, of him playing um, for the foreseeable future. I mean, I, I don't at all. And, and in the Carling Cup run last year, he was actually fairly instrumental, I felt. Uh, made some great saves and, you know, was captain of the side at times, a good presence, a good leader. Um, I think he is primarily a shot stopper. That's That's what... You know, that's his outstanding quality, his reflexes, his ability to get across the goal. But he has improved in terms of taking crosses. Uh, his kicking is outstanding, actually, as we all saw in the uh, crossbar challenge. But um, those mistakes, he did make mistakes, for example, in that big game against Manchester United. And some even felt, I mean, I read a lot of criticism of him in the Carling Cup final, which personally I found a bit odd. People mm. saying, well, Lehman would have saved those shots or... Well, that amazing Drogba header, you know, and I just think, I think that's ridiculous. I think he's really improved. And when Arsene said that he was considering Almunia for a first-team run last season, actually, frankly, that personally, that didn't concern me at all. So, I mean, you think he's getting a bit of a bad rap based on, you know, some, some dodgy performances in his early Arsenal career? Well, I mean, uh, you know, Miles, to quote Miles, which uh, I don't usually do, he said something which is that, he said Almunia's never been a success and Fabianski has never been a failure. And I think maybe that's why a lot of fans are saying let's throw Fabianski in. But I think Almunia's only never been a success in the fans' eyes because he was bought as a deputy and he spent all his time as a deputy. So when people see him in the limelight, it, it brings about a natural concern. It may be more tempting to say let's throw Fabianski in because he's young, he's potential, he's, you know, he could be the number one. Whereas Almunia, we're more comfortable thinking, oh, he's number two. Um, but I think, you know, looking at it hierarchically like that is, is wrong. You've got to do it on merit and on performances. And I think last season Almunia showed that if Lehman isn't doing the business, he deserves to step up. And I think, frankly, at the moment, Lehman does look a bit all over the place. Okay. And, of course, uh, a lot of people are calling for the inclusion of Fabianski without ever really having seen him play and, and without him taking any significant part in, in pre-season. No, and for, and for what it's worth, um, I saw Fabianski play his first game against Barnet, and frankly, it was a long time ago. He'd had no training, whatever. But uh, if you're looking for a sort of a, a calm goalkeeper to keep things steady, I don't think Fabianski's it. He, he's someone who likes to come off his line, likes to come out and get involved in the play, a bit like Lehman. Uh, takes risks, takes gambles, and um, I think Almunia might prove a more steady option, certainly this time when we're just looking to, to calm things down back there. Manchester City on Saturday, they've started the season very well, and in Richard Dunn, 
and Michael Richards seem to have a centre back a centre back partnership that complements each other really really well. Richard Dunn has improved immeasurably as a player that got taken apart by us Thierry Henry Dennis Bergkamp a, a few years back. Um, mm. Are you confident? Uh, I'm unsure. I have to say because, like you say, Richard Dunn, you know they lost this down at the back. And they've moved Richards into the centre, and they, they've got a strong defence. The guy called Luca, they've got a right back. He's a, a big, big guy, and he's a good player as well, Croatian fullback. Mm. And uh, Sven's done well there. You know, they've they've got a good side. We, mm, we we against Blackburn, I was slightly concerned. Okay, granted, we were away from home for the first time in the Premiership, but we didn't seem to impose our game on them very much. I felt. For a brief spell in the first half, but we seem prepared to just sit back and let them come at us. I can't imagine it'll be the same at home, but we've got a, a good defence to break down here. One thing I do think that gives me some confidence is that I'm not hugely encouraged by Casper Schmeichel in the Man City goal. I think he's needed Richards and Dunn to be as good as they have been because his decision-making, to me, is is far more erratic than anything we need to worry about with Jens Lehmann, you know, due to his ex- inexperience. And I think if we can if we can make the opportunities and we can test him, you know, we've got a really good chance. Okay, up front Adibayor should be back. Uh, Eduardo scored during the week, uh, a nice header. Um, who would you start with up front? Uh, it really, for me, it depends how ready Adibayor is. I mean, he's been training for a good while, but they've just been quite slow about it, as far as I understand it. Um, the temptation would be to go with Eduardo and Van Persie simply because Eduardo, you know, he's played in the week. I know that Adebayo was called up, I tell you, I don't actually know if he went out there and played, but, uh, you know, he's, he's scored in the week, his confidence will be up, it'll be his home debut. Um, but if Adebayo truly is ready, Arsene may choose. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. To put Eduardo on the bench and over the next few weeks, you know, introduce him with about 20 minutes to go, sort of bed him into the side. Um, But for me at the moment, I'd stick with Eduardo because I just don't know, like I say, how far along Adebayo is. Okay. All right, then. Well, look, we'll uh, wait and see how that goes. Three points, hopefully. And uh, we'll talk to you on another Arscast very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks very much.
And my thanks to Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com for taking the time to talk to Arsblog. Of course, since we recorded that, it emerged that Jens Lehmann um, is injured. He's aggravated an Achilles tendon injury, um, allegedly, and he will spend the next two weeks or possibly more uh, on the sidelines. He's going to Germany, it seems, to see a specialist, but... You do get the feeling that this is um, a convenient way for Arsene to solve the problem. He made a, a big mistake in the Fulham game. He made a big mistake in the uh, Blackburn game, which cost us points. The Fulham game, obviously, we won, and, and they, the team got him out of jail. Um, and he wasn't convincing for Germany against England, and you just feel that maybe um, something's going on with him, he's not in good form, or maybe it's to do with his age, or, or who knows. Uh, but whatever it is, it's a difficult decision uh, for Arsene Wenger to make, to drop his keeper, to drop his number one keeper, a man who has been number one apart from that one spell uh, when he was out of the team, uh, when he went through a similar sort of a period, uh, making mistakes, and Al Mooney was brought in, and I'm not sure at that stage that Al Mooney was ready to be brought in, but now I have to say, uh, I share the view of Gilberto Silva, that I do have a lot more confidence in Manuel Al Mooney than uh, I would have done a couple of years ago. I think he's really, um, really, really improved as a keeper, and I don't think he makes uh, big mistakes, uh, and I think the criticism that he gets, or the lack of faith that people have in him, is based on that early period in his Arsenal career, when things didn't go well, when he had to adjust to being at a big club, with big expectations and big pressures and that does take time to get used to I, I'm not at all uh, worried about Al Mooney. of course I've jinxed him now he's going to do worse things than Jens but no I, I think he's I think he's going to be okay people will talk about Fabianski and yes we've bought Fabianski and he's certainly one for the future uh, but he didn't feature at all really in the preseason games he didn't feature in the Emirates Cup he didn't feature in the Amsterdam tournament so you know uh, it's it's difficult then to um uh, take out Almunia, who did feature. And there must be a reason why you know, Fabianski didn't play in those games. So we'll see um, We'll see what happens. But obviously for the next couple of weeks, uh, Manuel Almunia is the number one. And if he performs and if he keeps performing, it's going to be difficult for Jens to, to get back into the team. Manuel Almunia as well was the winner of the Arsenal Crossbar Challenge, which uh, took place on French television. I noticed at Arsenal.com, I've got it up this evening, they seem to have slightly different footage, I believe, uh, from the one that was on Arsblog early in the week. Um, so you know where to get things first. But then, if anybody at Arsenal.com is listening, of course, I will encourage people to go to your site uh, because, uh, you know, there's room for us both in this world, is there not? Let's be friends, please. Uh, so, yeah, you can check that out on Arsenal.com. That's the Arsenal Crossbar Challenge. Or you can see the original version by clicking on the columns section of Arsblog.com. Um, and that, that, that was it. Manuel Almunia, he won. He hit the, he hit the crossbar. So he's a winner. And no doubt that will have filled him full of, of you know, confidence and, and things. He's probably got that trophy on his mantelpiece right now. Uh, time for the news. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year, 10 years a decade, 100 years a century, 1,000 years a millennium. This is Spy News on the hour, every hour. Good evening. These are the news headlines. Police have arrested Blackburn midfielder Robbie Savage after tests showed he had a cuntiness level 68 times above the legal limit. It's believed he'll be put down before morning. We'll have more in an hour. And we will have more news 
on next week's Arscast, probably. Now, just want to tell you about OleOle.com's fantasy football game. If you've been too lazy, for example, uh, to join in any other fantasy football game, the OleOle.com fantasy football does not kick off until September the 14th. So you've still got loads of time to get your team entered. Uh, What you can do there is pick a team from any one of the five major European leagues. So that's England, uh, Italy, France, Spain, and Luxembourg. I mean Germany. Uh, And uh, as well as that, you can choose to play the European Super League, which means you can choose your players from all five of those leagues and, you know, make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, Arsblog.com has got a league. I think it's the European Super League we're in. I'll just have to check that out. If you want more information, uh, check on the Arses and ask for Melbourne Gooner. He's the one that set it up. But the league is called Arsblog.com, and some people have had problems getting in, but it's Arsblog with a capital A. And the password is Jamribter. That's Jamribter. J-A-M-R-I-B-T-E-R. The world's most delicious cocktail at 4 a.m. For more details on that, go to OleOle.com. Sign up there. And it's OleOle.com forward slash fantasy football. And you'll get all the information there. The prizes are very, very good indeed. As well as the usual stuff like merchandise. There are PlayStation 3s up for grabs. And the overall winner of the European Super gets themselves a trip for two to Vienna, Austria, for the final of uh, Euro 2008. And, of course, there are match tickets involved in that as well. They don't just give you a trip there. They give you the whole thing. So it's um, it's a good prize to win. So uh, join up, oleole.com forward slash fantasy football. Now the man in the bar is here, and he's got another player history. Ah, hello again. It's me, the man in the bar, which you once again... I'm feeling a lot better this week. Thanks very much for all your fan mail. It makes me feel better at the bottom of my heart and also the bottom of my arse, which is much more important, uh, given the fact that there was liquid fire shooting out of it last week. Uh, just before we do the player history, I want to take a little moment to talk about Robbie Savage. Now, I'm sure, like me, you watch the old Blackburn game there on Sunday, and Robbie Savage is a rather objectionable fella, isn't he? If you could imagine a female monster, right, and you cut the gi out of her, and you put a pair of legs on it and gave it a football shirt, that's Robbie Savage. I tell you, if I was back in my day when I was playing for the transport club here in in Dublin, oh jeez, I'd love two minutes on the pitch with Robbie Savage. It'd take me ten seconds to get a red card and about fucking three years for him to recover the quant. Anyway, this week we're talking about one of Arsenal's most famous ginger players. Not Terry Groves. We're talking about Ray Parler. He played 339 games for the Arsenal, so he did score 22 goals. And he was known to all and sundry as the Romford Pele, because he came from Romford and he was like Pele. He was that good. We don't mean the Brazilian Pele, we mean Pele Murphy, who was born in Kilburn in 1962 and was a brilliant player on the streets until he was run over by Father Mickey O'Leary, who was on his way home after a meeting with some altar boys or something like that. Ray Parler was a no-nonsense midfielder, hard-working, who had the touch of an elephant. Well, it's true. But it was sometimes a very good touch to have the touch of an elephant. Do you remember that goal he scored against Valencia? Boom! It was the fastest shot ever recorded in the history of football. 612 miles an hour it was. 
his finest moment, I suppose, came in the 2002 FA Cup final against Chelsea. The razor, he picked up the ball, he moved inside, and that old cunt Tim Lovejoy, the old Chelsea fan, was sitting in the old commentary box, and what did he say? Ah, don't worry, it's only Ray Parler. And indeed it was only Ray Parler who cunted the ball past Curicini to score. Shove that up your fucking hole, Lovejoy. He left Arsenal in 2004 and he moved to Middlesbrough where he played 46 games and scored no goals. And then he moved to Hull City where he played 15 games and scored no goals. Nowadays, he doesn't play football anymore, but he is a professional assassin. And you can find him at www.rayparlorwillassassinatewhoeveryoulike.com. It's true. The man in the bar will be back with another player history on next week's Arsecast. Now, not too much more to talk about. Only the game tomorrow against uh, Manchester City, who are riding high at the top of the Premiership. Um, fairly unknown territory for them, you'd have to say. But Sven has come in and spent a lot of money, which is what he does when he's a success at clubs. If they give him plenty of money, he can do um, good things. We saw it with Lazio. He spent 9 billion zillion euros. Well, it wasn't euros at that stage, it was um, lira. So he probably did spend about 9 billion zillion lira uh, uh, on buying lots of players. And Lazio won the Scudetto that particular year, one year. Uh, very late 90s or early 2000s, I think it was. Um, so they'll be full of confidence. And um, in Richard Dunn and Micah Richards, they, like we were talking about with Gilberto Silver, they've got a good centre-half partnership there and they're a good team. Uh, certainly a better team than they were under Stuart Pearce or Kevin Keegan or whoever else was the manager there over the last um, two years. They had about 19 managers, so um, it, it's going to be a tough game. But we will have uh, Gilberto Silva back uh, for his first game of the season. Emmanuel Adebayor will be back for his first game of the season, if they start, of course. They may just uh, come on from the bench, but add a little bit more quality to the bench. Uh, no word yet on whether Thomas, Rz- uh, Thomas Rzitzki, uh will be back. William Gallus, of course, and William Gallus's penis are out uh, for another two or three weeks with a groin injury. Emmanuel Abue has got an ankle injury, so he won't play. Uh, and in the centre of defence, I suppose, we're a little bit short of options. So you'd imagine we'll have someone like Justin Hoyt on the bench as well to provide some defensive cover. Uh, it should be uh, a good game, though, I have to say and uh, three points hopefully in the bag and that's really about it for this Arscast it's time for me to go to bed because I'm very tired and I was football training again tonight and I appear to have um, a dislocated ankle and a completely banjaxed hamstring and our first game of the season is on um, Sunday morning at 11 o'clock my god I've only got two days three days of recovery time I guarantee if I was an Arsenal player I'd be out for four weeks now I'd just be lying around collecting my thousands of pounds Oh, hydro-massage, oh, yes, of course. Uh, But I'm not um, an Arsenal player. (sighs) One of the great sadnesses in my life, I have to say. But anyway, I'll cope. I'll drink some beers on Sunday evening and uh, everything should be good after a a fine victory for Arsenal and for me. Uh, Well, not just me, but my team, I hope. So you have yourselves uh, a jolly good weekend. Talk to you all next week on the blog and, of course, on next week's Arscast. Bye.
voice of William Gallus, and I am speaking to you from my hospital bed. Can you believe it? Just days after my rise took power, and I am broken. I think I spent a little too much time with Jeremy Aliadier. But I shall return. Do not worry. I will have the best treatment. Gary Lewin will rub oil into me. I shall be massaged, and soon the penis of William Gallus shall rise again. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so, 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 so. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.